Hello there, I'm Beth Kempton and this is the Freedom Seeker Chronicles. I created this podcast as a place to explore some of life's big questions and the smaller details that lead us towards happier, more fulfilled lives. I love nothing more than a thought-provoking conversation with a fascinating person who's living in accordance with what matters most to them. And I'm delighted to share those conversations with you. As for me, I'm the founder of Do What You Love, which helps people find what lights them up and pursue that in work, business and life. You can find out more at dowhatyoulovefullife.com. I'm also author of two books. Freedom Seeker is a book about making the most of life and flying free, and that's out now. And then Wabi Sabi, Japanese wisdom for a perfectly imperfect life. That's available for pre-order from our friends at Amazon and all good independent bookshops. I wrote both of them for you. And so, are you ready? Let's dive in. Today's guest, Kathy Crawford, lived a secret life for three decades before finally discovering how different life can be when you open up to your truth. Kathy's story is immense. It's deeply moving and it's a huge lesson to us all. Her book, Unlocking Secrets, My Journey to an Open Heart, is out very soon. And I am thrilled to have this beautiful soul on the show today to teach us how it's never too late to start living your real life. Welcome, Kathy. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Beth. Oh, it's great to be here. I can't tell you how I can't tell you how happy I am to have you on the show because I think what you have to share is gonna unlock things for people listening. Um, I you're talking about secrets and truths, and I think we all have both of those. And you have so much to share about what you discovered when you released your secret and started living your truth. Um, so I, I feel like this is going to be a big conversation and I'm really <laughs> grateful to have you here. I'd love to start by saying, if you just think of a friend who's known you for what, 20 years or so and didn't know about your secret, how would they describe your life and what they saw and knew about you? A, a fairly close friend. Yeah. Um, that's a great question. Um, she would probably say I had a really great life. I had a really storybook life, um, very successful, had accomplished a lot of my dreams and my goals, um, had great children. Um, and I probably really had it together. And, um, I, you know, had a great job, um, working, you know, in luxury watches and jewelry and, you know, traveled the world. Um, did some, a lot of international traveling and, um, worked with, you know, some of the top retailers, um, across the globe. And it was, it was, um, it did appear to many people that my life was pretty, pretty perfect. I remember distinctly the day that we met and you told me the story of the other life that you were living <laughs> alongside that one. I think it was only the second time you'd actually ever said it out loud. And this is something that you'd been keeping quiet for what, 30 years? Yeah, the um, the story really does it. It goes through almost three decades of um, secret keeping. And, you know, 
it was, it's just something that I've really recently, I would say probably within the last three years have really started to, um, to speak my truth and say who I really was and, um, and who I really am. And as you were saying, like if people describe me, I, you know, at the time, you know, I think when we met, I was working at Chanel and, you know, I had my Chanel bags and, you know, it was very well put together. And, you know, I really just, um, looked very, probably to most, uh, very confident and very successful, but there was a big, big piece of me that was just, um, buried away, just pushed down inside. What, what was it that allowed you to, to uncover that, to release it into the world? Was it a specific thing that happened or was there like a cracking and then Mm -hmm. it just all started to crumble? Well, I think, um, you know, I wish I could just say it was um, one specific thing. But, the you know, for me, as I said, it was like a 30 year journey. And I would say that like the last 10 years of that journey was really, um, it was alone time with me. It was really the time that it was the come to Jesus moment that I was just unhappy with my life. I was just unhappy with the circumstances. I was tired of being a victim. I was tired of living with, well, if I, if I didn't do this and I didn't do that and I, you know, I made all these choices and they weren't good. And, you know, it just was, I just kept, um, I kept beating myself up, but at the same time, I just was so tired of living a life like that because nothing, there was just nothing that really seemed to make me happy. And, um, you know, I was always looking on the outside and, you know, and talking about, like, as you said, how did I appear on the outside? Um, but inside I was really hurting. So I had really started on this journey of trying to find peace in, in my head and in my heart. And that journey is really the one, the spiritual journey was really the one that brought me, you know, full circle to, um, to me, you know, all the circumstances of my life, all the, you know, secret keeping. And I was like the protector and the wonder woman and the, the mama bear and the wisdom warrior. And I, and I really spent a lifetime, um, protecting everyone from, you know, the, I protected everyone that I loved, um, from the world, from, you know, exposing their demons, their suffering, their pain. And, um, I, so I really was covered probably in, in what I called like a, a sheet of armor. Um, I really lost who I was. And so it was really a journey back to my heart, to who I really was, because I really had gotten lost in all of these different stories and circumstances um, in my personal life. Can you take us back there three decades ago to when that secret got created? What was it? How did it come about? Well, what had happened was... Um, you know, I had spent a great deal of my life from, you know, even childhood to adulthood, as I said, as a protector. And um, so I was kind of like pretty good at it by the time um, this had come up. And so the big catalyst, the big secret out of um, this life was that it was back in 1988 and my husband was diagnosed with HIV and in 1988, that was, 
I, I can't explain um, if you were, you know, too young to remember that, um, what it was like then. Um, it was bad. It was the plague. Having HIV, in fact, they didn't even call it HIV. Everything was AIDS and it was like the plague. And it was a death sentence. And um, we just had chosen, um, you know, at that point, because we didn't know a lot about it and what was going to happen, um, we were basically, um, I can say what had happened was we had bought a house, we went for a life insurance policy, and Larry, that was my husband, was declined for medical reasons. We go off to the doctor to find out why. And, you know, we're sitting there, you know, these two um, young um, married couple looking at this doctor saying, well, what's wrong? Come on, like, just tell me what we need to do so we can get out of here. And he just looked at us and he didn't know how to say it. And he was just said, so I'm just going to say it. Um, you have AIDS and you are going to die. There is no treatment. There is no cure. There is nothing that I can do for you. And it just, time stood still. Everything stopped. Everything stopped. And, you know, I just, both of us were just stunned. And for me, you know, I'm looking at Larry and I'm just, uh, his head is hanging there and he can't look up. I don't know what to say. The doctor doesn't know what to say. So he stands up and told us to just go home and if we had children to hug our children and get our life in order and our papers in order and be prepared to die. And that was our first introduction into the world of AIDS and HIV. And at that moment, um, when we got into the car, you know, we barely said anything. We were just so stunned. And then, um, you know, we we did, you know, have a conversation. And then before we had to leave to go home, you know, Larry said to me, he said, you know, un until we figure this out, can, you know, let's just keep this between us, you know, and that's when the secret started. And of course I was like, oh my God, of course, like, what would I say? I don't even know where to begin. I mean, we were just so stunned and never really thought of it in that moment that I was going to be, you know, holding a secret. I just thought it was just part of life. It was just, you know, these were some circumstances that we were going to have to deal with. And I just said to him, you know, I vowed, I said, not a problem. And, um, you know, I made a promise to him that we would figure it out and we would get through it. And it was from that point on that um, the initial, after the initial diagnosis, it was seven years before we told a soul. And that would include, you know, his family and my family. So that's a heavy burden. That was the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, Beth, you don't think of it at the time as a heavy burden. You know, you just think of it as this is what I have to do. Um, I have to protect him. I have to protect my kids. I mean, you know, there was so much going on at the time. I mean, you know, I would see, you know, people in front of, you know, St. Vincent's, Ho Vincent's Hospital in, in, in New York. I mean, it was like ground zero. I mean, people were just dying. And, and I mean, dying within weeks. I mean, to live months was unusual. And, um, you know, it started to be, it was a blessing because Larry did wind up living seven years. And, 
I think it was on sheer will alone. But yeah, it was a bit it was a big burden. And we went through um, a lot of highs and lows during that time. I, I can't even imagine and you must be so incredibly strong to have carried your family through that and, you know, kept that need to protect them at the, at the front of everything, even though it's obviously incredibly painful for yourself and you, you're not able to get support from anyone because nobody knows about it. And it, I mean, yeah, well, there must have been a really, really difficult time. What When Larry did pass, did that, you'd imagine that that was an opportunity to release this secret. But yeah. I'm guessing that didn't happen if you carried it for 30 years. <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's the big question. You know, let's fast forward. That was the big question. Why did I, you know, why did I still hold on to that? But, you know, there was so much shame and there was so much guilt around it um, for me because, you know, listen, when you said to someone, and it happens now, when I say to someone, you know, Larry had HIV, well, the next question is, how did Larry get HIV? So then that became, it was another secret that I had been keeping because um, when I married Larry, he was a recovered drug addict. And during the beginning of our marriage, he um, became a drug addict again. He was a, an, uh, an IV drug user and he shot heroin. So now I got to tell the story about that. And those dark years. So there was, you know, there was a lot of protection because now I have these two beautiful boys, these two beautiful boys. Um, when Larry passed, Brian was seven. Larry was 12. I mean, they loved their dad. That's all they knew. They loved their dad. And who was I? I felt that, like to come along and have to explain our lives you know, and I just couldn't, I couldn't do that. So for a long time, um, in fact, until I told Brian, which was three years ago, when this all came to light, when I decided, you know, it was time to tell him, um, that was, I couldn't take their dream away. I couldn't take their father away from them. I couldn't take those memories. Like who was I to do that bad enough? They had to go through the fact of losing a dad and losing a parent and going through that. Now I was going to have to give them a really strong dose of reality. That was, that was probably even more harder. That was much more harder for me to do. Um, so it was easier for me to just hold the secret. Yeah. And that's how my life became because as that's what I was saying before is like I was the protector. So I was protecting my kids. I was protecting his family, my family. I was protecting my job. I had this incredible job. It's like I can't tell people what my life really is. It was like my life had been, you know, a, a thing of dominoes. And if one fell, I was just so afraid it would all fall. So what happened when you did share at work, for example, or with those friends who'd known you for, for years? Did you just decide, actually, that's enough? I'm going to start telling my story. How did you go about that? Because it's such a huge thing. You know, your family's one thing, your son's are one thing, but also inviting all those questions from other people. I can see so easily how it was just easier to not say anything to anyone. Yeah. 
Okay. Yeah. And that goes back to, so while I was, um, so basically I had been, you know, I had a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of therapy in my life and traditional therapy and I was seeing a therapist and, you know, this is like, you know, this is like pushing, it's like a good 15 years after Larry had passed and I'm like still, you know, still trying to work this stuff through and, and I'm, and I'm kind of feeling better and I, and I think I'm getting whole, but there was always this, this void in my life. There was this pain in my heart. So, um, you know, I would have, you know, I had a great therapist and, you know, one day, um, I just said to him, I was like, when is this, you know, when am I going to heal? When am I ever going to feel whole? And he had given me a book, um, from, a, from, um, who is now, um, John Welsh and my meditation teacher. And, um, I read his book, Awakening from Grief, and it changed my life. And I said, I walked back into Jack and I said, this guy gets it. And what it really was, was healing your heart. So I was then at that moment discovering what is now, you know, the mind-body connection. This was not just about healing myself intellectually, but I had to heal the traumas and the pain and this, this, you know, armor that I had protected my heart, my heart from, I just thought I was split wide open and I'm so open to, you know, helping myself, come on, bring it on. But I couldn't because I was so closed off. So through, you know, I started working with John and through meditation, you know, I started now on this spiritual journey and I started to make the connection and, and it was really hard at first. Cause I was just like, you know, John would say to me, it's like, and he described, it, he said, your heart is like the bottom of um, a ship in the ocean, a shipwreck. And he said, and it's just crusted with barnacles. He said, and your heart is just wrapped with threads of pain. And he said, and you've got to, you know, you've got to get those to melt away. You've got to scrape them off. And I just couldn't believe that because I had spent a lifetime doing everything out of love. And I do often refer to the book as really a love story. It may not be a romantic schmaltzy love story, but everything that I had done was driven by love, whether it was my love for Larry, my children, my family, um, you know, it was all love based. But the one thing that I wasn't doing was allowing myself to feel love for me, self-love, self-care. You know, I didn't know how to do that. So, um, you know, I, so the, in the journey, you know, of meditation, of yoga, of reading the spiritual texts, learning about attachment, non-attachment, identity. You know, it was it was a process, and that was the process that um, started me. Um, one of my spiritual teachers um, said to me, "You know, you're." I finally released the story to her. And she said to me, she said, you're holding on to this, like you're holding on to this for dear life. And I said, but that's all I know. I had just wound up, you know, spending 20, 25 years. This is, this is who I was. I was, um, that was my identity. That was the mask that I wore. And without it, I just didn't know who I was. So that whole journey, afterwards allowed me to just hide from my own demons and my own pain. I was always so busy working on everybody else. I didn't have to work on myself. So what difference did it make when you started to share that story and tell the truth in terms of how you felt about yourself? Because it, 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 it sounds like you were naked at that point. I, 
oh, I was naked. And I will never forget the first time um, that I told the story. I went to tell the story. Um, I had taken a workshop and um, I was determined to tell the story because, you know, Cheryl said to me, you release the story, she said, and you are going to find your voice. You're going to find your truth. The world is, is going to open for you. Your life is going to change. And I had, you know, I had taken my teacher, my yoga teacher training with her, and she really was um, such a big influence in my life. And, and I really believed it. And I was like, oh, shit, more work, you know. So um, I went to this workshop and I said, I'm not going to know anyone there. And I'm going to tell this story. And that's it. I can tell it and walk away from it. I'll release it to the universe and that's it. And when I got up, you know, sweating and I can't tell you how sick I was and I was doing flips. And I think you caught a glimpse of that, that when I told you the story also, um, it was really, I was naked. And what happened was something just really came over me as I was telling the story. I had like eight minutes to tell this story. And I was like, I didn't even know where to start. And, um, I just, um, I just, something just started speaking through me. And when I was done, I just looked up and it was a small group. There's like 15 or less. And there were just smiles on people's faces. There was tears in people's eyes and everything that I thought for 30 years, all of the, um, the shame and that people wouldn't like me and they would think differently of me. And I was the plague. And, you know, I, I married a drug addict and, you know, look at the father I gave my children, like every kind of guilt or thing that I ever thought just disappeared because I was so embraced by that room and the love, um, that happened, was just, I knew, I knew it was okay. And I just, at that point, I just released it. And Cheryl was right. I mean, my life changed. And I knew at that moment that, that, that I was keeping the secret and that I was forever changed by telling it. Releasing it hasn't been the end. It's been the beginning of a whole new chapter for you, hasn't it? Yeah. So it was crazy. So when I was there, Afterwards, um, I, it was amazing. People had come up to me and they were telling me their own personal stories. They were telling me that, you know, if they had been raped or, you know, their father was abusive. I mean, really like things you just don't walk up to somebody and say. And I was just overwhelmed by it because now I'm realizing everybody's got a story everybody's hiding something. And, um, one of the other attendees, she walked up to me and she said to me, she was, that story is so incredible. She said, you should really write about it. And I said to her, write about it. I can't even talk about it. I said, I've got stacks of journals at home. I said, but you know, it never occurred to me, um, to write about it. And, um, she, you know, um, spoke to me about, you know, about writing and, um, put, planted the seed in my ear. And, um, I did go to, um, I went to, um, the writer's workshop at Hay House and, um, I took the workshop and during that time you can submit a proposal and, um, and I did, and they accepted it. And they accepted it. And I was like, 
Oh my God. I was like, <laughs> they want me to write. The- I mean, I just kind of, you know, it was so funny because I was in Paris at the time I was working and I had like, I think you had like four months or six months to write this proposal. And I, of course, was like, yeah, I'll write it. I'll write it. And then, of course, I was like, I don't have time to write this. I'm so happy. You know, some other things had happened in my life. I wound up, you know, I had shared the story with Brian and that was a beautiful story. And, you know, and I was like, I'm okay." And then um, someone really uh, special in my life kept saying to me, I really think you should write this. I really think you should write this because, you know, um, if they, you know, if somebody's saying this is going to make a great story, you should really do it. And so I did it and I wrote it in like three weeks. It was crazy. I wrote a book proposal in less than three weeks and I submitted it and, um, and they selected it. And fast forward to now, Unlocking Secrets, My Journey to an Open Heart is just about to come out. It's available for pre-order. It is probably going to be one of Oprah's picks of the year. It's just the most incredible story. And I think this is really, we're saying it's the beginning. I think you sharing yours is going to give people permission to share their stories in a way that, you know, the domino effect stops being about bad things happening and becomes about knocking down doors one after the other and this ripple effect that I I know that we're going to see when this book finally gets released into the world very soon. I'm so excited for you, Kathy. Thank you. Thank you. I think that's the the greatest... um gift that I was given, I think, and you know, you know, it's funny, you come full circle was that, you know, really learning that in all of that darkness is the light. And if we don't look for the light, like all I could looking, you know, and when you read the book, like there's so many stories, one after another, like how much more, you know, stuff can happen here. And I kept saying, like, am I burning off bad karma from like another life? But, you know, there's really, I think, really truly believe that the universe is guiding you and it's giving you this message. And but you have to be open to it. And until I opened up to seeing what I couldn't see, but yet everyone else could see. So I hope, you know, that, that my story will inspire others to, you know, not stay stuck in the story or hide behind the story, um, that there are gifts in, in darkness. There is, the light is always in the dark. So it really is. And what about those secrets that we hold that are actually full of light themselves the dreams that we have that we don't dare to share because they feel like maybe they're too big to belong to us or we just don't have the courage to say it out loud in case in case it doesn't happen and then people judge us or whatever other reasons we keep these things to ourselves what what have you learned along the way that you'd say to someone who's holding a big dream you've got it you've you've got to go for it Because, you know, the one thing that I've been blessed is that I feel, I do feel renewed. I have a, I'm free now. I am free of, um, 
of holding back who I really am. I am speaking my truth and I am living the life that I so deserve. So when you have those dreams, see, that's exactly what happened. Like when you squash your dreams, like you're just, you're just suffocating yourself. You're just, you're denying your own truth. So, you know, it may not always play out or look the way exactly you're, you want your dream to be, but look for those openings, look for that light and just, and just go with it. You know, sometimes you get let go from, you know, a, a job and the next thing and you just think your life is over and I'm, I'm, my world is going to crumple. And the next thing, you know, you probably, you might have the best job in your life that you just fall in love with. And the best thing that ever happened was, you know, you got let go. So, you know, when you're stuck in that darkness or when you think that you can't, um, have your dreams, you can, you just got to fight. You've got to have that will to, um, because no one else is going to fight that fight for you. No one else has that dream. Only you. And you've got to you've got to go for it. And I think that's what kept me going was that deep down inside, no matter what, there was still Kathy inside and she was just dying to get out. Now she is stepping onto the world stage and <laughs> I can't I really am am so looking forward to seeing um what happens when your book gets in the hands of the people who really need to read it which is always the point right i think the writing process is is for you and then mm -hmm. once it's out in the world that's for everyone else it's been such a pleasure to talk to you today kathy i'd love to finish with one question which is what is what does freedom mean to you mm. the freedom for me is just speaking your truth it's, 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 I love when you always say fly free, my friend, you know, I, when you say that and you say the word freedom and you say fly free, I, when you get rid of those, those, we carry so much weight. And so I think when you're just able to express who you are, be who you are, live in your truth, be authentic, that's freedom for me. That's freedom. And I have been so blessed to be able to um, have my my wings back. Beth, I love when you I love that um, in your book. Because I, I will say that because I was, you know, when um, I was honored to be able to read your book when I was making a lot of big shifts in my life. And um, that was that was a big one was learning to use those wings. And so um freedom for me is speaking your truth thank you so much kathy fly free my thank friend. you fly free well that's it for this time you've been listening to me beth kempton in conversation with kathy crawford you can find out more about kathy on her website kathycrawford.com and that's kathy spelt k-a-t-h-e and her book is unlocking secrets my journey to an open heart Thank you so much for listening. I hope you'll take what you've heard and use it to inspire your own journey of freedom seeking. I'd love to know what resonated with you and what bold moves you're making as a result. So please share on social media. I'm at Beth Kempton on Instagram or at Do What You Love XX everywhere else. And be sure to check out my website, BethKempton.com, for more tools and resources to support your adventures. If you haven't yet read my book, the full title is Freedom Seeker Live More, Worry Less, Do What You Love, and it's published by Hay House. Treat yourself to a copy today. It might just change your life. So until next time, 
Fly free, my friend. Fly free. <laughs>